Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song, lyric by lyric. Welcome to episode 203. Which is about, I knew you were trouble and I bet you think about me. It's a doozy of an episode. Morgan, I have a question for you. Yes. Have you ever thought about doing radio? <laughs> what about Audible? Have you ever thought about it? Deja vu. Mm-hmm. Oh, Olivia Rodrigo. We're off to a good start. <laughs> okay, so let's get into that fearless feature. Mm-hmm. Which this week we wanted to talk about gun violence and guns being a problem in America. Um, specifically highlighting the two recent um, nationally televised uh, cases. Cases. Um, Ahmad Arbery trial. Well, it wasn't his trial, but the trial for killing Ahmad Arbery and then Kyle Rittenhouse's trial because they both took center spotlight when they were on. Um, when the facts of the cases came out, uh, I, th- I believe you could not... Could we watch Kyle Rittenhouse's trial? No. I saw clips of it after on the news. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, they were both highly televised and the verdicts were also a big, um, big talking point in this country. So the first one that came out was the Kyle Rittenhouse tri- uh, trial and he was found not guilty of murdering <laughs> those three individuals because the jury found that he was acting in self-defense. During the Black Lives Matter protests. Right. Um, I think the biggest issue with this case, in my opinion, is the fact that he was a 17-year-old who had access to a gun. And while he didn't buy it himself, it was purchased for him, and yet he walked away from that trial scot-free, even though he was illegally possessing a gun, at the time because he was only 17 years old when he fired the shots. Um, And then the second one was um, the Ahmaud Arbery case where three men uh, chased Ahmaud Arbery down and shot him. And they claimed that they did so while um, attempting a citizen's arrest, which was up until recently legal in the state of Georgia. However, um, that law has been overturned as you know, as a bunch of um, activists came out post the facts of this case being released and the Georgia legislatures actually overturned that law. But because it was in effect when um, this shooting occurred, they were still able to use that as a defense. However, the jury in that trial found that all three of them were guilty of um, murdering Ahmad Arbery. And um, I think That was obviously another instance where a gun was used to do the murdering and how both of these instances, people's deaths could have been prevented had there been less opportunity for both of these or all four of these individuals to have access to guns. So we are highlighting the everytown.org, everytown.org organization which is a movement of moms, dads, students, survivors, educators, gun owners, and concerned citizens working together to fight for public safety measures that can protect people from gun violence. So there is, there's 
the website's awesome. It hooks you up to uh, communities or to groups in your own community if you type in your state um, and even your city and you can get in touch with um, people that are already, you know, doing work in your community that you can jump onto or you can donate to the to the larger policy issues so that we can federally um, work on restricting people's access to gun guns, which will limit gun violence. Um, so it's a huge issue. It's something that's been um, heavily covered just because of the fact that of the Second Amendment, that that the way it's interpreted at this point gives everyone right the right to bear arms in their own homes. However, that with a recent um, Supreme Court case, that that right is being extended to being able to carry in certain states um, outside of your home uh, because people are interpreting the Second Amendment to also um, also give people that right as well. So I'm pretty passionate about gun rights in the sense that I don't think, <laughs> I think there needs to be much, many more restrictions on it. I don't even think police officers should carry guns, but that's, I know, an extreme opinion to a lot of people. Um, in a lot of other countries, they're shocked that our police officers do. Yes. So change your perspective. But I think another huge issue with not only the the trials that I just highlighted, but I mean, the shootings, the mass shootings that occur. There was just a school shooting like and a week or two ago. And I think the the really the really key thing that came out of that school shooting was that the parents are now charged with involuntary manslaughter because of their actions and inactions um, prior to the shooting happening. And so that is actually. That is a huge, huge thing for prosecutors to do. And a lot of um, activists and, you know, just citizens of this country are wondering how that will play out and whether that will set a precedent for other prosecutors to follow suit or whether the facts of this case are just so unique that it's only really fitting for these specific um, people to be charged. Right. And when we so I, you know, I'm co-teaching that gender and ethnic studies class this year and the kids did projects for like throughout the semester and one student did one about gun violence and something interesting that I learned from said student was do you know Morgan how many school shootings there have been since Sandy Hook I mean I probably want to say over 50 over a thousand oh my gosh so like there's so many that we don't even actually hear about it's it's a lot um and in Virginia, you don't have to license, you don't have to register your your gun. Like you can just go and buy one, you know. So gun laws are different depending on the state. And so there's issues with that. But I also think it's important to note that, you know, gun violence disproportionately affects communities of color. For sure. And um, that <laughs> yeah, racism, right? Like we can start out with colonialism and using guns to commit genocide against native americans and then we move on to you know um civil war and then we can move on into uh you know civil rights movement and when the black panthers wanted to own guns it was like oh no actually not you um and then we can talk about how they're <laughs> like explicitly being sold to certain communities and like communities of color like and then that ends up resulting in more violence in those communities. Like, 
it's just it's violence just perpetuates violence and hard to not for me to not bring it up with the racism thing as well you know well in domestic violence and what i'd like to also point out so this is this is a much more um locally informed opinion that i have because obviously i live local locally so i'm gonna (laughs) you live local locally (laughs) i uh i live in an area where as you all know i i am a public defender so these are the types of situations i see in court frequently but the Commonwealth attorney in um, our city posted a, a Facebook message last week. And I think this just is a, is a good allegory of what, what we are up against. But she, she, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but she comments about how she was walking up from work and she heard what sounded like 20 gunshots and her heart goes out to people. I just want to point out that the area she's talking about is a very heavily um, – area occupied by people of color, black people in particular. Um, she then goes on to say, praise God that no one was in the surrounding businesses were that were occupied, were struck or killed. And then she says, our general assembly needs to repeal all the terrible legislation that has caused this crime wave and general attitude of lawlessness. Our officers used to be able to proactively patrol and get guns and drugs off the street careless and thoughtlessly passed laws prevent them from being able to do so. So here's a woman who's blaming or saying that she wants guns off the street. However, she also is one that is fighting for um, white people, essentially, and police officers, police officers to have access to guns and free access to guns, because I know for a fact she is a Republican who voted for those um, for the lawmakers that are pushing. Yeah. Her husband agenda. is the head of the Republican party in our city. So, so, that's, <laughs> that's so not a thing. the, you know, the gun violence that she's talking about are the, the people that have, are of color and have access to guns. Not, she's not raising the issue that we actually, in order to get guns off the street, we have to do something to get all guns off the street, not just in the hands of people you don't like. And so this is, um, this is a huge issue for, uh, our country, our city, our community. And I just, um, we thought it was relevant to bring up as a fearless feature to this. Yeah. Something I think that would be important to do with legislation would be movements for people who have EPOs for like them. Emergency protective orders. Yes. For the domestic violence situations for the person to not be able to purchase a gun. And in states that have done it, I can't remember the state that already did it, but um, they have estimated however many lives have been saved by that. And it was a lot. I don't remember the number either. So, well, we do have a law similar. If you are convicted of a domestic assault and battery here, you do, you, you are not able to, and there's a protective order in place. You are not able to purchase a gun in Virginia, in Virginia. Gotcha. Yeah. This would be, but the thing with gun laws is they're so different from state to state, you know? So (laughs) it's hard it's hard to tell. Like they're all like I was saying, you don't even have to register a gun here. So everytown.org is our is the is the movement, the country's movement, and they have broken down their website into ways that you can get involved, ways you can learn about the laws that impact you and your community, um, and what you can do to uh, change. That's great. That. So then you can see your like yes. petitions for your area and kind of get informed on like the local scene. Right. That's that's really cool. All right. Well, moving on into I Knew You Were Trouble. Was there a a link with 
the fearless feature or are you just picking i mean kind of right like i mean lawlessness trouble like there you I don't go know. okay <laughs> i thought it was relevant because of everything i just stated um with those trials and with the school shooting but it was it's also uh you know there was a slight like yeah i can see the the minor or the minute left link there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i see you so i knew you were trouble is obviously an iconic song in Taylor's career. So this is a big one that we're covering here. I, I think it's iconic in, in so many ways. Not only is it iconic because what you were saying earlier, Aaron, when we were watching the music video, but in the sense that it, it became like, I would argue probably her biggest single out of this album. I mean, I know We Are Never Getting Back Together was her first, but I think that this one was probably a bit higher received from those non-Taylor Swift fans. Yeah, I, I think that could be because it sounds a little bit harder, like, well, and that's more grungish. And what I was going to say is I think that this is the first song like we listen to, you know, if you're listening to this album for the first time, um, whether it was back when she re- released Red originally or this Taylor's version, you hear um, you hear State of Grace you hear red, you hear treacherous, and then you hear uh I knew you were trouble and this is I think her true her first pop song on the album. It's yeah. the first switch that you are cuz you hear that dubstep come in after the the yeah. first and you're like blown what? away because yeah. Taylor has never produced a song like this before. Yeah. That was wild when you were reading back that order. Yeah. And it makes sense about people not saying it was cohesive. But then, like, it's crazy to just look back on things and see how your perspective changes with this song. Like, there were things that we talked about earlier with the music video. Maybe we'll get into that in a bit. But um, so that kind of leads, I think, into um, your initial reaction hearing it. So I love this song. I think it's probably one of my favorite on her entire in her entire catalog just because of the influence or just because of what it means to her catalog in the sense that you the albums and the songs that came before it and then suddenly she is pop like she's showing her our first her first introduction to pop had predicted it i think like people were we were all like hinting like this new album is going to be pop like but then you still get i mean but obviously and as we go through the album and talk about the songs why this wasn't cohesive is because you have that this huge pop song but intermixed you also have her country still Mm -hmm. and so that's so i this is her like kind of trying to become pop but realize and but still giving her roots credit because Mm -hmm. she knows that she came from country so she doesn't want to abandon her fan her country fans um so she did it slowly and i think it was smart i think it cost her probably the the critic acclaim that it deserved on this album because they were so intermingled but this song is amazing and i also but i my one complaint is the placement of it because going from this song to all too well you just i just can't do it yeah I, I can't. And then to 22. I just can't. Yeah. Like. It is kind of chaotic. It is. Yeah. And I think as far as the genre of her music, a lot of that is just production. And I can't remember what she wrote about it in her lover diaries, but there I'm pretty sure there was a note where she had written about what it was like and how exciting it was when she was producing both Red and 
I knew you were in trouble, right? Yeah, because this is the first time she's working with um, Max Martin and... Um, Max Madee's nuts. Max Martin and I think Silverback is his name. Gilmore Guys reference. Shellback. Max Martin and Shellback. And they um, they produce... Classic. Yeah, they produce songs for Backstreet Boys. They produce songs for NSYNC. They produce songs for like all of those like pop mm-hmm. 90s bands. Mm-hmm. And they this is the first time she worked with them and their influence is very apparent. She's learning how to do pop here. But yeah, I think like it's one of those things where as we go back, I see, like I was saying in the last episode, like how she's always had certain lyrical phrasings or like skills. And I tend to think of it as like, not like that as like separate eras. And then being able to see that I'm like, no, her skill in her writing has always been pretty strong, definitely improved. But what really changed, I think, is production and yeah. genre shift, which is not fully her, you know? No, but I think, I it's mean, her I, decision. It is. I think she, she, has she goes input. with their, her song and says, I want this to be pop. Right, right, right. But also, like, you could take that piece and make it into a different genre, right? Well, yeah, like State of Grace, like mm-hmm. I explained. Yeah. In the last episode or two episodes ago. Um, so this is also one of the songs that we get a music video for mm-hmm. originally. Wait a minute before we go into that. Do you remember that goat meme at the time when this came out? It was the goat and it's like, you know, when she goes, oh, oh, yes, oh. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, those, like screaming baby goats. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So this music is, video, <laughs> this is the music video. And I, I did write down. So she has like at the beginning of her music video. She has this like. Um, she's talking to herself, you know, she likes to do that a lot. She likes to tell <laughs> us her thoughts. And she says, I think, I think when it's all over, it just comes back in flashes, you know, it's like a kaleidoscope of memories. It just all comes back, which I think is very, not only is she talking about this song, but this is also what she has compared her album to all of these like little mosaics of memories on this album. But he never does. I think part of me knew the second I saw him that this would happen. It's not really anything he said or anything he did. It was the feeling that came along with it. And the crazy thing is, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel that way again, but I don't know if I should. I knew his world moved too fast and burned too bright, but I just thought, how can the devil be pulling you towards someone who looks so much like an angel when he smiles at you? Maybe he knew that when he saw maybe. He knew that when he saw me. I guess I just lost my balance. I think that the worst part of it all wasn't losing him. It was losing me. Mm-hmm. So this music video, to me, looks stylized like Lana Del Rey's video for Born to Die, which came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to our friend Victoria about Taylor Swift, she's one of those people that's like, I kind of listen to Taylor. I kind of, and you're like, how? How do you do that? How do you kind of? <laughs> how? And I like have forced her to go through all the albums, but she was like, my initial critique was I remember in high school, everyone talking about I Knew You Were Trouble being Taylor copying Lana Del Rey. Oh, interesting. I, I wasn't in high school at that time, so I didn't get those <laughs> influences. And she was like, I, I guess I would have been, 2012, I would have been like sophomore in college. Yeah. She was like, I um, I 
got bought into that and was like, oh yeah, Taylor Swift is unoriginal. And that's when I sort of checked out of like trying to listen to her stuff because she had listened to the first two albums and like off and on of the third. But then at this point in time, like the critique on Taylor really hit heavy, I think. Like, don't you think during this era, it became a way bigger, like she only sings about boyfriends and yeah, all that kind of stuff? for sure. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to bring that up. Uh, if you haven't seen the Born to Die music video, it's really good. So you should watch it and see if you can tell what we mean. She definitely has that like grunge rock Americana vibe going in the video. I told Morgan when we were watching it that it this song, listening back, seems like it could go on reputation. Yeah. And it also seems like it could be a music video for Getaway Car. Yeah, that's fair. So I think... Um... So obviously, the music video is about she she. You see her fall in love with a musician, mm-hmm. and this musician is very, very hectic, dangerous, out of control. Probably does drugs. It's well, I think he does drugs in the music video. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Maybe not. Maybe I. It, maybe they did such a good job at making you believe that that they didn't actually have to show it. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think because they're staying up all night, so you assume they're doing like cocaine. You assume there's there's some drug use going on. Um, a lot of like hard rock ensembles. Uh, so yeah, she looks like she could go to goth night. Yeah. Hey Taylor, you want to go to goth night with my friends and I? You've got some outfits picked out. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I think like I think it comes so. I think we can assume that the song was about a musician. Mm-hmm. So which one are you thinking? So I think we've already, we talked about this last season a little bit because I am the, of the firm belief this is about John Mayer. Yeah. And some people say it's about Jake. And some people say it's Harry Styles. Which makes no sense. Makes absolutely they no sense. They hadn't met. No. And the liner note I will say is when you saw me dancing. When you saw me dancing. When you saw so I would assume that there was some exchange where... Well, in Dear John, she writes about the girl in the dress. So they probably met at like an event or something. Yeah, I would I would assume that there was some exchange in the relationship where he said, you looked so hot dancing, or I felt this way about you when you were dancing. And that's when she was like, oh man, this is trouble. She also, in I Knew You Were Trouble, she wears like a lot it, a necklace with a i think it's a key but that does make me think of um sad, sad well yeah and sad beautiful tragic when she says like your face in a locket and i always thought that one was about john mayer too i don't know i, I have I, no proof for that <laughs> i just i i think that based on the the emotions that are ev- invoked from dear john those same emotions are evoked from this song right uh taylor told mtv that the song is about red flags mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that i also just wanted to note that it debuted number 46 in 2021 so when with the re-release and the original version peaked at number three in 2013 wow so um what did you think about original versus taylor's version was there a big difference? I, I didn't notice. A, 
I mean, maybe I just haven't heard it. I didn't listen to these side by side. I didn't think it was a huge. I mean, I think it's just the same, mm-hmm. the same notab- notably different production like value and is increased. I think she has less liberty on liberty. I said that weird um, on making any even minor changes on the songs that are like major classics. Yeah. Because she knows people are going to want to go back and listen to them over and over. Right. Okay, so you want to dive in? Yeah, I guess my last note before we start would just be that I think this is one of those songs that since it's so known for Taylor Swift that I kind of resent in some ways because it's like the only song people know about her, like the ones they know are like the big hits. And then you start to be like, like she has so much more good stuff out there. And so like, you know, at a party, like, People are always like, yeah, let's listen to Taylor Swift. And they play like this. We are never getting back together. Shake it off. Like they play like those major hits. And then you're like, I don't know. Why is that annoying to me? I mean, it's very because she's you don't want people to know her for that. Those songs you want her to know. You want people to know her for the genius that is in the songs that are deeper, but and aren't pop classics or singles. Right, right. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, let's get into the lyrics. Once upon a time. Classic. Classic Taylor Swift. Once upon a time. A few mistakes ago. So another fairy tale starting. But the mistakes are probably exes. Yeah. I was in your sights and you got me alone. See, this is why I also think it's John Mayer because he sought her out to perform on what was that song that he that she did with him? Oh, um, Does anyone know? Because we care about. I just Taylor listened to Taylor. it. <laughs> I I have no idea. I'm gonna look it up right now because it's really bothering me. Because I actually really like John Mayer's music. So, oh, sorry, didn't mean to offend you with that. Then that's fine. Mm, don't give a shit about John Mayer. And I think it's really clever that in Dear John, she's like kind of taking like his uh, melodies and like stylings to show him that she could write a song like him. You know, half of my heart. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So he sought her out to do half of my heart. Um, and so that's why I think it's t- once again, I'm going to I'm going to keep saying this is about him. I was in your sights. You got me alone. You found me. You found me. You found me. And that repetition there is like very typical of pop music. Right? right. But I think what we need not forget is that it is punctuated by really clever lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like her lyrics are still clever. But she does get more of that repetition, I think, happening in the pop stuff. I guess you didn't care. And I guess you liked that. I guess I liked that. I mean, how many times that is the classic trope of falling in love with someone because they're hard to get because they didn't care. They're they're not. Yeah. They're aloof. I I understand that better when you explain it like that. Do you like those two lines? I guess you didn't care. The use of I guess. Yeah. You don't? I feel mixed about it. What What is your hang up on it? I don't know. I think just using, I guess, twice. I don't know. Or just, I guess, being kind of informal. I, it makes it more of like a conversation. I know you typically end up liking that. Yeah. I feel split on it. Okay. Well, I like it. And when I guess I, I liked hard. that. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. And when I fell hard, you took a step back. Once again, everyone knows that classic trope. As soon as you uh, start to fall, like show the 
show the affection and the love and the attention that you withheld, that's when the other person is like, mm, you're not hard to get anymore. See ya. It's classic manipulation. Yeah. Of like a womanizer type person. Also, it makes me think of that trust fall game. But if someone just literally stepped back and let you fall straight down. It's a good visual. Thank you. Without me. So took a step back without me, without me, without me. I do like the lyrics that she picked to repeat because I think they do a good job emphasizing what's being told, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's long gone when he's next to me. Love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. The juxtaposition, like you're close physically, but emotionally so distant. So distant, emotionally and mentally so out there. And I realized the blame is on me. And she realizes the blame is on her because she knew he was trouble. When he walked in. So shame on me now. So, and then, yeah, flew me to places I'd never been till you put me down. So uh, apparently they did. So do you think the places are metaphorical or literal? I think they're both. I think she she's being literal and metaphorical. I think she probably, so when he, once again, this is all on the basis that this is about John Mayer. So take this with a grain of salt. But how I see this, how I interpret this is that when he sought her out, she was in her like, you know, fearless stage. She had just won the uh, Grammy, but she was still performing to only like country artists, right? Like her stadiums tours. She wasn't in stadium tours yet. It was still pretty low key. And so when he sought her out to do to sing with her, to sing with him on his tours, she was touring and with a group of people in, in larger locations that she had never been in before. But also, he was so much older. So he was she was experiencing a type of relationship that like she had never felt before. Right. Because a lot of people speculate about John Mayer being her person that she lost her V card to or Jake, which it's like, I don't know why we need to care about that. Yeah, we don't need to care about that. I just think that this was a relationship that she was warned about, but he took her to places that she had never been and was completely, you know. So, but yeah, the, to answer the question, you think it's both. Yeah. Okay, that was that was what I wanted to know. Until um, you put me down, it obviously has two meanings there. Because if it's a flight, then it's like you're landing the plane. But yeah. if it's emotionally you took me to these places, then you let me down. Then you put me down. Probably, yeah. Or put me down. Yeah, not let me down. You put me down. Yeah, like you, you did that. You said some things that probably were like, you're too young, you're too naive, you're too innocent, you're too, like, you know, critiques on her character. Yeah, and shame on me for falling for it. When I saw the red flags, I think it's it's pretty self-explanatory. We've had, we've all had a relationship pretty yeah, close. Or, or multiple. <laughs> similar to that, right? <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in, so shame on me now. Flew me to places I've never been. Now I'm lying on the cold, hard ground. And this is where the boom, oh! <laughs> the dubstep comes in. And this is the true pop shining yeah. through. I remember where I was when I heard it. So excited. Drove to get the album on the release date. Came back to my dorm room. Was playing it. I was sitting on the bottom bunk, which was my bunk bed. Played it. And my dorm mate was in the room. And I started screaming. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, did you hear that? I was like, Cool. <laughs> okay, so then she goes on to the next verse. No apologies. He'll never see you cry. Pretends he doesn't know that he's the reason why. 
you're drowning, you're drowning, you're drowning. Hard not to sing it. I Hard think, to just say that. I think that's my my favorite line is pretends he doesn't know that he's the reason why. Yeah, I like he'll never see you cry. Like he because you don't want that person to see that, right? And you're going to hold out to make sure that he doesn't see you cry, but he's going to obviously see you cry because you are crying at some point. And then he's going to be like, oh, I know she's upset, but I'm just going to pretend like, I mean, and I know it's about me because I'm being a jackass, but I'm just going to pretend like I don't see it and that I don't know what she's crying about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After the fact. I'm not going to, I'm not going to entertain those tears and have a DTR and talk about my feelings and emotions because that's not the type of relationship I was going for. Yeah. No, I've heard you moved on from whispers on the street. A new notch in your belt is all I'll ever be. And that was Jake's reputation at that point. He was just John. Jump- sorry, yeah, John. I Sorry, it slipped with the tongue. Well, with the younger women thing, Jake was older too, though. Yeah, but I th- not with the younger women thing. It was just woman to woman. He was jumping from relationship to relationship, like Jennifer Aniston, Jessica Simpson. Um, he dated so many people back when she was with him john mayer yeah and so a new notch in your belt like very clearly yep just rack them up off Mm -hmm. yeah that that's my favorite line and i wrote next to it slam yeah like (laughs) slam dunk you just that's one of those taylor like perfectly crafted yeah hit him in the gut it's like thing that you wish you could have said in real life but didn't think of weren't clever enough and now I see, now I see, now I see that he was long gone when he met me. And then she says, and I realized the joke is on me. So she goes from blame to joke. Yeah. And he was long gone when he met me. So he's long gone when he's next to me. They're in the relationship in that first part. But then here it's developed to she sees, now she can see that he was too far gone as when, when they, they started met. this. Yes. Like he was beyond the ability to change or you've all. <laughs> You've all, I'm assuming many of us have had the experience where they talk about like missionary dating, like thinking you can fix a person or like wanting to help them grow and change. She's like, he was so far gone. Like there was never any hope, but he said the right things. And I ignored those red flags, you know? Yeah. Cause, cause the, the blame on her was, was first. And now the joke is on her because everyone else saw it and, are like yeah we told you so and that is such the feeling yeah like you're like frick i did this to myself yeah i think it's a really simple line but the blame is on me the joke is on me is really well put right so i knew you were trouble when you walked in shame on me now flew me to places i've never been till you put me down i knew you were trouble when you walked in Shame on me, flew me to places I've never been. Now I'm lying on the cold, hard ground. And when she, in the music video, she is literally lying on a cold, hard ground <laughs> when she does this. Oh, yeah. I maybe have another favorite line. I see it coming up. Oh, is it yours? No, I already you told already you mine. Yours. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the saddest fear comes creeping in that you never loved me or her. Or anyone or anything. Yeah. Um, it's significant. Do you want me to say why it's yeah. significant? Uh, to me, that's significant to sympathize with the other woman or someone else who's experienced that because it's very pro-female to be not putting down an ex. 
And I really like that Taylor had that perspective of like, we're all, we're all in this together. And I think, isn't there a similar line in Dear John? Oh, yeah. yeah. She brings it back to back around to all the girls that they've... And just not putting the blame on the ex is a good no. vibe, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a sad, sad fear. Because, like, then you realize... Because that is, like, really sad to come to terms with the fact that, like, being with someone at the beginning when she obviously felt something and he, she thought he felt something and she could look past all the red flags... But now it's like, actually, wait, no, that was just a show. You actually didn't feel anything for me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not capable of love. Yeah. All right. Do you have any thoughts on the rest of it? Because it, it repeats. No, it, it we repeats. got that. Yep. A lot of I knew you were troubles. Oh, oh, oh. But I will say that um, when the music video ends, she has one more line and she says, I don't know if you know who you are until you lose who you are. Hmm. She lost a lot there. Mm-hmm. Or she gave up a lot of herself to put herself into this relationship because she thought she, she thought it would be, it would work out. Mm-hmm. And then when she came to terms with the fact that the joke was on her, she looked down and realized, oh shit, I just lost all of my values, my morals, my compass, mm-hmm. sacrificed mm-hmm. this so that I could try to make this work. I got so far off track. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What was your overall ranking? So, oh shit. Sorry. Did you not look at I'll give you a second. I'll go through mine so that you can get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> um my overall ranking in her whole discography was 134. And then the album ranking was number 11. 11. Also a character on Stranger Things. I'm just vamping to give Morgan more time. Stranger Things. Did you like that show? I think it's influenced our fashion. A lot of people wear jean jackets now. <laughs> we're going to 80s vibes. I mean, vibes. it can't be that. Oh, here it is. Okay. I knew your trouble was number 49. Okay. Wow. Much higher than mine. Yeah. Mine was 134. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I like it very much in her full dis- discography. And then out of the album, it is 11. Oh, what the? Whoa. Shut the front door. <laughs> two in a row. I know. And that's a twofer. Wow. Uh, from our last episode. Yeah, so five. We have. We both had never our... Oh, my God. <laughs> what was that? Did you just black out? Yes. <laughs> Un poco. Um, nothing new. We both ranked as number five. Yes. And now we both ranked this one as number 11. Mm-hmm. 11's my favorite number. Is it? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. 42 is my favorite number. That's a random number. I like even numbers, and I like numbers where the first number is bigger than the second number, and I like that, like, two is half of four. Okay. So it seems perfectly balanced. It was also the uh, number for Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> And one day I told my dad, I think 42 is my favorite number. And he was like, that's my favorite number. Oh. And then I was like, it's meant to be. <laughs> Interesting. My, my story is not as good. I just, you just like 11. And I was 11 in all my sports teams. Oh, yeah. So well, that's a good reason. Yeah. But I don't know which came first. The chicken or the egg. Okay. So um, any last thoughts before we move on to 
I bet you think about me. I mean, I think we need to do a tally of how many times Aaron sings the, oh, the a lyric. I wanted to do another one earlier when I said slam. Boom, boom, put it in the hoop like slam, slam. Heard the crowd screaming out jam, jam. I'm sure everyone asked for this the facts. and is very so that's thankful. That's Shaq. You know, did you ever listen to Aaron Carter? No. <gasps> Seriously? No, I didn't. You forget our age difference. I was a Backstreet. I was Nick Carter. I was Backstreet okay. Boys. <laughs> yeah, they were getting kind of older. I mean, I was. I kind of listened to them, but it was, you know, a, a bit, a tidbit old for me. I bet you think about me. <laughs> I bet I do. So I'm interested in the song pairings because although in the last episode I said your pairings are fabulous, this one I do see more parallels between I bet you think about me and I almost do. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I wanted to do two big ones together because mm -hmm. um, I like talking about... I. I so in you, my you mind... like it big? Is that what you're saying, Morgan? Yeah, well... Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, I I liked the those two. I like that they're both upbeat. I don't. I didn't want to do like a really upbeat song and then a sad song. I try to keep the sad, like the melancholy songs together and the upbeat songs together. I wanted to have a, a um, from the vault song paired with a original track, mm -hmm. and I just thought that both of them are big digs at the people. <laughs> You're going to say dicks. No, they're big digs. <laughs> it sounded like you were saying that at first. These are BDE, big dick energy on these two. Yeah, and I think, you know, she does a great job at insulting the recipients yeah. of these yeah. the, I songs. wrote slam on both of these songs, right. so I see that. You know, Aaron Carter, how he beat Shaq. So don't question it, okay, Aaron? <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> All right, so we think... Oh, oh, first we should note, this is with Chris Stapleton. Yes, it's Chris Stapleton and Aaron Dessner produces. And Chris Stapleton, if you don't know who he is, um, started as a songwriter, and people were just winning all kinds of awards with the music he was writing for them, kind of like Kesha did for a lot of people. And then eventually he and his wife started making music together, and they had instant hits, and they've played at, you know, Grand Old Opry and all over the place now, and they're huge. And this is another um, this is another example that Taylor Taylor said she had one person in mind to sing this song with her, and it was Chris Stapleton. And he said yes, thankfully. Um, I, Have they sang together before? No, I don't think so. Unless they maybe did it at a show in Nashville at some point. I'm but. sure he's someone that she really looks up to because he's really good lyricist. Um, I was kind of sad he wasn't in the video mm. because Aaron Dessner made an appearance and he did, and Stapleton did not. I didn't notice that. Oh, you didn't notice that Dessner was there? Mm -mm. He's the he's one of the band members at the end, and his suit turns red. Oh, okay. I, I've I. I'm not huge on watching music videos over and over. I like to space it out. I don't know why. Like I've only, the, I mean, I've only well. watched it three times. Same. Yeah. So maybe you're just not good at picking up on maybe details. Maybe I'm just stupid as shit. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. I watched a video of Wov. Stop for lunch soon. Yeah. I watched a video of a guy going through like Easter eggs and explanations of the video. And it's someone I had brought up before and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I did watch that to see like a breakdown of different theories on like how you can interpret things. See, I did not watch that. What did you think about Blake Lively 
directing this video and her interpretation of it and well so this is another example of you when love Blake, don't yes you? when my worlds collide i love when my worlds collide i love that the people i love love each other and um oh my gosh i was so casey my youngest sister actually when she she used to be a um produ- producer's assistant a pa and at one one of the days that she was a PA, she was the assistant to Blake Lively. And so she got to be in the same room with Blake Lively and she really liked her. And I really was happy to hear that she really liked her and that she's a genuine nice person. However, this is the same sister. Actually, both of my sisters strongly dislike Taylor Swift. And so I was like hoping that Blake Lively directing this music video would bring her a little Mm. bit closer. And Casey sent me this obnoxious text the day that this music video came out. She knows like like best friends, right? Like very close. Yes. She sent me this um, text that was like, okay, I know this is going to cause controversy, Morgan, but can you at least just admit that there was no need for this music video? And I was like, I didn't it didn't even warrant a response. I just completely ignored the comment because when she says stuff about Taylor Swift that she knows like she's just baiting you. Yeah, and I was like I'm not I'm not responding. So, I so I was like, "Oh, well, this did not achieve the goal that I was hoping with Casey maybe seeing that there's some some good in Taylor, but I did love that she that Blake directed this. I think she did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very um the the images were perfect on the nose um for a directoral directoral debut yeah, i think taylor trusted her with yeah. that and that's what i mean by taylor can do anything at this point but yeah. like that's huge right that she was like my friend go ahead but blake and ryan have that company now that media production company i don't think it's blake and ryan i think it's just ryan oh really mm-hmm. so what's blake been doing um i think being a mother okay i think so Here's my thought, and this is just coming from random, like, I think a lot of random things. So please don't, This is, there's an asterisk behind a lot of the things that I say. But Ryan Reynolds recently, like, posted that he was taking a sabbatical from acting. And so my thought is, is that Blake's gonna, it, it's like her turn. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they have some sort of arrangement or thought that they always want at least one person at home with the kids. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if now Ryan has, cause he, Ryan's just released like three movies. And so I'm now wondering if it, Blake has been on the holding, like yeah. has been approached and she's been like, I'm going to, I can do this movie after my husband's done. How many kids do they have? Three. And so the last thing she did that I remember was the age of Adeline. Yeah. I think she had, I think she had one more after that, but it's been a while since she's done something. And so my thought, I my guess Gossip is, girl. oh, I know. So my guess is that she's she's in the works with coming out or, you know, starting production on a movie herself. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. She's like your favorite of Taylor's friends, would you say? Oh, for sure. Well, her for- and Ryan together as a couple. Like, I love Ryan Reynolds, too. Mm-hmm. So both of them. Yeah. And she went, like we talked about, like Halloween trick-or-treating almost said grocery shopping i mean she she included in this all of folklore the names were her Mm -hmm. she clearly loves daughters they're very close and i love that they love her Mm -hmm. and are very protective of her and her and it's interesting too because i also think that there's probably like because ryan reynolds has been in photos with jake so ryan has a good relationship with jake and so i also feel like there's probably no bad blood between jake and taylor anymore 
I mean, I'm not saying they're BFFs. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And I never really assumed so. No. So, that but shit fades after it like does, a year. which is why, like you said in the last episode, it really pisses me off when everyone's like, oh, Jake, why is she must, bringing this stuff up again? Yeah, Jake must be like, oh, hiding in a corner in a bunker somewhere. Like, nobody cares. And he doesn't care. It's art. Like, yeah. music is art. People use their emotions to create art. He does it in acting, she does it in songwriting. It's not different. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I really liked this video. What did you think about the vowels that the guy gives at the beginning? Um, so, I mean, they were just kind of stockpile vows, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, did you have any specific thoughts? I didn't, and that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah, no, I think it was just supposed to show, like, here's this very traditional wedding that's about to occur to a girl that doesn't push boundaries. I knew from the moment I saw you, I loved you. I see in your eyes like those are just very stockpile vows that anyone could look up online and say good vows for a wedding and those would be the words and so I think it was more of just a expression of this wedding is just the bland wedding that he has now found himself in because he ended it with the exciting red woman right so as far as things that actually happen in the video, clearly her acting like a little kid is seem it seems to be symbolic, right? Of yeah. her being infantilized. Because yeah. and- this is this is about Jake. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, I wrote that at the top. Yeah. This, this is, is clearly about him based on the Mr. Superior and, and the Beverly Hills and um and also like I don't know if this was intentional or not. Maybe we can hit up Blake Lively at some point and ask her. But you know, she so she gives the scarf, so that's another reason why there's a nod to Jake. Um, in the same box that the gift is in the All Too Well video, and it's yes, and it's she's obviously gifting the scarf, regifting it mm-hmm. to her. Um, but he, I also love that she pulls that <laughs> rabbit out at when she's sitting at the table, uh-huh. and. Jake was in Donnie Darko and he always used to put on that scary rabbit mask. And so I don't know if there was any sort of like tie there. So people were correlating that to a reference to Wonderland and to this relationship being about, you know, the like Diana. um, What's her name? The theories about Diana from Glee. Oh, Agron. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think somehow people I feel like I read that. The Wonderland thing, you know, you and I have talked about that. We've gone down that rabbit hole. I, I don't. Yeah, I still don't. Just because it's Alice in Wonderland and there's a, a bunny. Okay, but I feel like it's. Well, see, this is why I don't read internet because I have my own thoughts. <laughs> this is why I don't read internet. Sometimes I don't know what to think because I'm stupid, right? No, seriously, I don't know what to think. I watched I mean, that video. The rabbit and I was like, out of the what hat. What does this mean? I want to know. I want to know the right answers. Yeah, she pulled the rabbit out of the hat. So in all honesty, it's probably just the fact that she's doing magic shows and showing tricks to these kids and being infantile. Like she's that's probably all it is performing or she feels like she has to perform to like. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, then the red outfit, she's wearing the red ring in the video, like the classic red ring. Um, But the red outfit meaning to symbolize that she stands out for sure like well that she's the special one she's and you know white the reason why people wear white at weddings is to signify purity and she is obviously not with like she's just saying i'm 
not without faults and I'm embracing them. And she also pops a cherry at one point in that video. And like a lot of people had talked about the scarf being symbolic of her losing her virginity, which I think is bullshit. I think it's just a scarf, like a literal scarf. Like she left it at Maggie Maggie's Gyllenhaal's house. And <laughs> it's, but it's a scarf. Like y'all calm down. You yeah. need to calm down. It's a metaphor. Um, but the cherry. So I always just brush that theory off, like whatever. And like I said, it's like kind of stupid that people are talking about it at all. But at the same time, when she did the cherry popping thing, I was like, mm, that's kind of that seems kind of blatant. Or cherries just red fruit. I don't know. I She takes a cherry out and then she stabs it through, like popping it and then puts it in her mouth and eats it. And it's like a whole thing. It's not like quick. Yeah, but it's also like the same kind of thing that's like, that's not the proper etiquette at a wedding. It's not the proper etiquette of a server because she's obviously she's in the server outfit at that point. So she's supposed to be the one serving the food. And instead, she's eating it like she's taking it out of someone's drink and eating it. So that's how I'm going to interpret that. I'm not taking it as a popping the cherry. All right. I think you could take parts of this video and it could be for Speak Now, the song. Yeah, like I just fu- but you know how I feel about that song. It's on the lowest <laughs> of lows. <laughs> oh, that laugh was horrible. One thing that's great that we got out of this music video was the Champagne Problems video. Yes. Ah, how did you feel about it? Um, No, you go first. Just Taylor in a wedding dress. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't know I needed that video until it existed. Yeah, it was. Um, I did love it. Yeah. <sighs> Champagne Problems is one of your faves. It right? is. Yeah, it was my most played. Okay. Oh, shit. We didn't talk about your Spotify wrapped. I tweeted both of ours so that people could see. <laughs> but um, go follow us on Twitter. I'll give you that incentive there so that you can go check out those Spotify wrapped. I would like to post them on Instagram at some point, too. But um, Morgan takes the cake, <laughs> the wedding cake on this one, because wow. Wow. You listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. I know. And that was with a month of you using an an Apple Music free subscription trial. Yes. So the month that Red came out too. Go follow us on Twitter, Swifterhood P. All right, let's get into this song. Three. It's going to be really hard uh, for me not to sing. Three a.m. and I'm still awake. I bet you're just fine. I love that she brings back in her country roots to this song. I love the twin and i love uh her and chris like together it just it's it's a jam it works it's so good and i I, you know i think it could have it could have like been a huge flop in the sense that she's obviously does not have that twang anymore and it could have been like a huge flop for her to revert back to it and almost make it sound fake but she pulls it off like seamlessly Mm mm-hmm that's oh, actually better, I think. Like, yeah. It sounds more genuine. Yeah. Um, probably because she's singing with Chris, too. Mm-hmm. So 3 a.m. and I'm still awake. I'll bet you're just fine. Fast asleep in your city. That's better than mine. And the- I'm, I almost do. It's like almost the yeah. same intro. It is. Yeah. And the girl in your bed has a fine pedigree. And I'll bet your friends tell you she's better than me. Yeah. So pedigree is like genes or breeding, which would be a thing that, you know, rich people the i guess would care about would like care about your family and old money and like where you came from 
Uh, well, and it, and that also, is that not also like we are never getting back together, you know, like mm-hmm. your, go listen to your indie record. That's much cooler than mine. Well, yeah, that comes in at the end, towards the end with her indie, his indie rock, uh, concert once a week. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and then that's another thing is like, this one is a lot like I almost do. And it has like lyrical repetitions from we are never getting back together. Like there's overlap. So probably one of the reasons it was cut cut yeah but i i think it's a great song yeah um and i think you know fast asleep in your city that's better than mine i think she's just pulling out references to probably insults that she has had heard throughout the relationship like you live in like a shit city compared to mine Mm -hmm. like i'm never going there i'm gonna stay in this or it could just be like small comments you're like oh well exactly in LA, we have more bagel shops or whatever. I Which is completely <laughs> incorrect. Bagels are in New York in City, Erin. I'm just making some shit up. <laughs> I just ate a bagel this morning. Not from New York. I've not been to Los Angeles or New York City. So, wow, you've never been to New York City. Mm-mm. Wow. Um, well, I tried to fit in with your upper crust circles. Yeah, they let me sit in back when we were in love. I just envisioned the scene from All Too Well when they're all sitting around the table mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, talking. Upper crust means rich or wealthy. Yes. They sit around talking about the meaning of life. Once again, that's the image I get is uh, when she's sitting around the circle in the video all too well but well. it's like that academic like this makes me think of like a salon like french salons where the whole point in like nobility was to like have intellectually stimulating conversation and they were only select few were invited to them and they were um you know very elite mm-hmm. and the book that just saved them that i hadn't heard of so now she's talking obviously about just you know they were way above she at the time probably was like, oh, they're so smart and out of my league. And now she's looking back being like, God, it was so pretentious. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. I don't really like that line. The book that just saved him that I hadn't heard of. I don't know why. Maybe like it's too specific or I, it doesn't fit super well in the, like it's like very long and doesn't fit crazy well in the I don't know I can't pinpoint exactly what I don't like about well it, I think but... that when you I think you hit it on the head when it's too specific I think that that's what this song is filled with it's like actual examples of things that she remembers from this relationship that at the time were just in passing and now she's looking back at me like that was fucking silly mm-hmm. like it's just this one time that they sat or they talked about a book and she was like I mean why are you guys getting so obsessed about this book and I've never even heard of it mm-hmm. well now that we're done and it's over I bet you couldn't believe when you realized I'm harder to forget than I was to leave. I, I mean, I think that's my favorite line. Mine song. too. Yay. We finally share a favorite. I mean, it, it repeats. So it's not a line because it, it's the chorus essentially. It's just cleverly phrased. Yeah, it is. Um, and I bet you think about me. I, it's I almost do. Yeah. It is. Same line. But it's. More of a jam. Yes. I almost do is like a slow, sad version. And this is like, that's when that kicks in with that. I bet you yeah. think. It's really fun to sing this song. I like the melody to it a lot. Um, So you grew up in a silver spoon. Once again, rich. Mm-hmm. Gated community. Rich. Elite. Glamorous, shiny, bright Beverly Hills. I was raised on a farm. No, it wasn't a mansion. It was big, though. I know. This this line does 
tick me off a bit because I'm like, like, you know, like you were like, no, Taylor, like, uh, like you grew up on a farm and, but it was like a pretty big house. Yeah. You didn't come from nothing. Mm -hmm. But compared to him with like a money family. Yeah. Like what are the Gyllenhaals? Like what are their, what does their family come from? I mean, they, he was born in LA and was raised there. So I don't, but I don't know. Whatever his parents did was something. They were somebody. So I get the point that she's trying to make. And I think as someone with less money, if you had a relationship like that, this would be really relatable. But at the same time, I'm like, it's kind of a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. Anyways, um, no, it wasn't a mansion. Just living room, live in room dancing and kitchen table bills. I do like that imagery mm-hmm. because I think that's a very, that is a very normal family imagery that you can get of just like being calm chill like hanging out with your family dancing when the music's on bills just piling up on the kitchen table i don't know i just i have a a a visceral image of that yeah she she evokes that image when she wants to reference childhood yeah it comes up a lot um so but you know what they say you can't help who you fall for and you and i fell like an early spring snow what do you think about that line Okay, well, two notes. One is Snow ended the relationship in all too well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also an early spring Snow is like out of place. Out of place and quickly gone. Awkward. And quickly yeah. melted, like it's gone. It falls and then it's gone in early spring. It doesn't yeah. stick. It was really, really quick. It doesn't stick, yeah. Um, but reality crept in. You said we're too different. You laughed at my dreams, rolled your eyes at my jokes. I also really like that line. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but it's like also spot on. Like mm-hmm. you, that person that still thinks that they are way better than And you. how they make you feel. Yeah. Mr. Superior thinking, do you have all the space that you need? Mm. I wrote, slam. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's we are never getting back together, right? Yeah. Like, like how's your heart after breaking mine? Yeah. That's that kind of slam. Yeah. Like, oh, love it. I don't have to be your shrink to know that you'll never be happy. Um, The use of the word shrink yeah. strikes me as odd because it's so outdated. It is, but she did write this so long ago. I think it was just meant to fit with the genre. Of yeah, because you can't say... I don't have to be your therapist to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that doesn't seem like it's a country vibe, right? right? Like it doesn't fit with the genre in the rhyme scheme as well. Yeah. Like there's multiple reasons, but it's just a, a tad bit strange. And I bet you think about me. I bet you think about me. Yes. I bet you think about me. Oh, block it all out. The voice is so loud saying, why did you let her go? So, I find this interesting in the voices so loud because presumably like her, his friends were, you know, from earlier on in the song saying Ooh. like, you're better than this girl's better than Taylor. This girl's better. Like you're better off without her. So I was thinking like voices in like a voice in your head, but she uses voices. So I don't know who else is telling maybe his that. sister or just mutual friends. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that. I just thought of it as like, he regretted it. Yeah. Um, and I I mean, and this whole music video video is essentially the voice in his head, right? Yeah. Because he's, he's imagining this whole thing. Yeah. I think this, I mean, it's so obvious that this is the same all too well relationship, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
Why did you let her go? Does it make you feel sad that the love that you're looking for is the love that you had? Yeah. Like, that's all too well. It's the same sentiment, but with a different vibe. Which is, yeah, once again, why it was left off. But I think she did a great job reinventing it. Yeah, it's still, like, different enough and clever enough that I would have been fine with these songs coming out at the same time. Now that you're out in the world searching for your soul. Ooh. Scared not to be hip, scared to get old. <laughs> Chasing make-believe status, last time you felt free was when none of that shit mattered because you were with me. So good. It is so good. I mean, it's pretty reductive. Like, you don't, we don't really need to get dive into to that. To explain the meaning, yeah. you mean, yeah. Scared not to be hip, scared to get old. You know, that's ruining, or that's, that's running that person's life, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. the fear of... They can never be themselves. And the only time that he was able to be himself was with her. With her. Because she accepted him for all of him, not just the stuff that he wanted to portray to the world. Mm -hmm. So then we go back into, but now that we're done and it's over, I bet it's hard to believe. But it turned out I'm harder to forget than I was to leave. And so we are never getting back together. Do you, it's, we all think it's about Jake as well, right? Yeah. So he called and this was it was not like a clear ending. So I think I bet you think about me and I almost do. It's like she's already heard from him at that point. Right. And she's like, because then I almost I almost do. She's like, I bet you wonder why I don't reply, basically. Yeah. So at this point, she knows he wants her back, you know, and that's what I think this is referencing. I don't think it's like I just I bet I imagine that you do sometimes. I think she knows at this point. Um, that he regrets it. And she's like, well, you're going to have to live with that. And yeah, I bet you think about me. I bet you think about me. I bet you think about me when you're out at your cool indie music concerts every week. I bet you think about me in your house with your organic shoes and your million dollar couch. Love it. I bet you think about me when you say, oh my God, she's insane. She wrote a song about me. Love it. I bet you think about me. <laughs> Love it. It's I know. So good. It's so good. The outro is great. And the the full circle, I I guess the turning point of this one would be, but it turned out I'm harder to forget instead of, yes. you know, the, yeah. from the other line, it was different. Um, so what was your rating of this on the album? My album ranking was 19. Um, oh, mine is 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Are you ready to get on into Tell Me Why? Can't wait. Okay, I have more theories to potentially enrage you with. We'll see. My theory is from Instagram, and it's an Instagram account called Taylor Trivia. Oh, how <laughs> fitting. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's entitled Taylor Swift's ex-producer leaks TS10 release date after being fired. Did you see this? No. Of course I didn't, Aaron. I don't even know why you ask anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Whenever Casey texts you something about Taylor Swift shit talking, you should be like, well, when you um, and when you think Taylor Swift, I bet you think about me. <laughs> I know. Mix some references in there. She but won't like, get those references. But like, I think that's the best revenge. Better than revenge. Cut! Oh, you were killing it. <laughs> that you like your one up is that every time she hears Taylor Swift, she has to think about you. Yeah. 
Okay, so the theory about this, it's not a theory, I guess. It's just like rumors, I suppose. He posted on uh, Instagram story, like this big, long, like blah, 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 blah. How the fuck some random people around the world and on my own fucking country gonna like it's a, a huge who did who posted this uh kane cooper okay so will you google kane cooper ex-producer taylor swift because i just want to like verify if there is it k k-a-n-e c-o-o-p-e-r kane cooper um but essentially he goes on this huge long rant um y'all got me fired from taylor and selena you don't deserve a piece of me i was there for you trying to make good stuff for you while i'm shooting myself non-stop i don't care about spilling any info now since i'm fading away from instagram in 24 hours i'll be back once i got something bigger than y'all can think of selena's sg3 album coming late september taylor s ts10 coming january 2022 i'm out morgan this man signed this i'm out Okay. So I, I guess Kane <laughs> Cooper was the producer of Willow 90 Trend Mix. Okay. And I guess there is a screenshot on Reddit of his stories. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. This giant rant here. No, but like... Oh, of the original, original. like leak? Yeah. Yep, I'm going to be on her next album, TS10. Yeah, so he was... So he he said that, and she's like, shit you're not allowed to say anything about my music or my albums and got fired is what would have happened right yeah because he did that and so then he went on that rant that i just read where he was like i don't care about anything now i'm gonna leak selena's and taylor's but um he said january 2022 she could always just change it out of spite like it's not too late no you don't get to predict the future when the future hasn't happened yet yeah dumbass but um that Morgan, that would kind of like screw us over. That would fuck us over a little bit with this podcast. <laughs> it would. I don't think. Th- I don't think anything's coming January twenty twenty two. You don't think so? No, I, I don't, don't think. About Speak you. now is, and I don't think TS ten is. Okay, so what do you think will happen in the future? I told you I thought she was going to release some tour dates, but I think that that's probably now gone because of Omicron. Mm. Okay. Well, are you ready for Taylor trivia? Yes, did you get it from the same account? Yep, it's from Taylor Trivia. <laughs> uh, we found all the Easter eggs in Taylor Swift's I Bet You Think About Me music video. Okay. That's why I picked it. So that you don't have to. And there's a little a cracked egg on there. It's cute. So tender. All right. So I think some of them we've already talked about. The red present from All Too Well. Her scarf. The Kathy Waterman ring, which is the red ring. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Look, we're three for three. Mm-hmm. The wedding cake. The wedding cake is shattered or scattered <laughs> with subliminal messages or potentially innuendo, like how she like drags it with her fingers. Um, the numbers on there are 13 and 26. So 13, obviously. 26. This is the 26th track on the album, but it could also be... Uh, the date that she met Joe Alwyn mm. and then Alice in Wonderland classic novel came out on the 26th of November. That's too random people with the Alice in Wonderland stuff. I feel like 
go too far. All right. Starlight in the ending credits of the music video, the line reads, and to all our families who supported us as we dream impossible things. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The ringmaster hat. Oh, okay. This is good. We were talking about this. The top hat in which Taylor pulls out a rabbit, a red rabbit in the children's table is the same hat used in the ringmaster costume from the Red Tour. Oh. Which ran from 2013 to 2014. Taylor wore this costume to perform We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. It's that like. Yeah, I know what that outfit is. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to show me. (laughs) Bitch, I know. (laughs) He didn't like it when I wore high heels. Uh, during the daydream scene in which the groom envisions Taylor as his bride, she hikes up her gown as she walks away and leaves him showing unfitted red Converse shoes. This is a footwear wear choice and a reference to begin again. He didn't like it when I wore high heels. Interesting. It could be, but she's not wearing high heels, so I don't really see how it's a reference to that. No. I think it's just to show that she's like different or funny. I don't even know that it has to have meaning. Well... Do you want to tell fans, listeners, Swifterhood about our merch? I don't know much about our merch. <laughs> do you remember the thing I told you to remind me? Oh, yes. We do ship internationally. Yay. Good job, Morgan. Ooh. We ship internationally. However, it, it does cost more if you ship internationally because it's just charging you for whatever the costs are for shipping. But yes, you can check out our um, Bonfire website page. Bonfire, that's it. It'll be linked in the episode description and you can get a t-shirt for $22. And what else? Uh, our bias a whiskey on ice will be linked if you just want to support the show and just give a little a little something something. And then our fearless feature is everytown.org. So, so check that out. Give to them if you would like to and also get involved. And sign some petitions and follow us on social media. Peace out. Oh, can we co- <laughs> can we quote <laughs> Kane Cooper? That's hard to say. I'm out. Boom. <laughs>